Hello, adventurers. My name is Maximus, and I guess I'll... I don't Am I our dungeon master this evening? I'm the person who used to be the dungeon master for campaign one this evening, and I'd like to welcome you all to our special episode of Out of Combat Live, where we are going to be discussing anything and everything about campaign one. So if you have questions... Throw them in the chat as we're talking and we'll get to them as we can. We also have a list of questions as well beforehand. Uh, and if you notice um, Max's wonderful pose there, uh, she is joining us via voice from I'm out of here. town. I'm here. I'm a giraffe. <laughs> she's, she's here um, in spirit and in voice, but not in video because hotel Wi-Fi be, be bad. <laughs> I, I don't really want to play with fire. Granted, I can mm -hmm. see you guys perfectly fine. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to mess with that. I wouldn't. Yep. I don't. We'll just take, <laughs> we'll just take the win that you're, that we'll you're just here. We'll take the win. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, but before we get started, uh, uh, I almost said a couple things, but the important thing is uh, that here in two weeks, so April 21st, it's a Friday, April 21st, it's 21st. At 6 p.m. Pacific time, campaign two will be unleashed. I don't know, started. Campaign two will be happening, and you will see all of our lovely faces as well as Nina's lovely face. Nina Nikolic, who's our newest cast member, will be playing, and I'm very excited to have her enter the fold of Casters and Cantrips. So it'll be a fantastic <laughs> time. Uh, another quick announcement. Uh, is if you want some Caches and Cantrips merch, especially any Sweet Justice merch, uh, if I were you, I would get it as soon as possible because at the end of this month, there will be no more Sweet Justice merch. Yeah, all. you don't want to miss a shirt like this. Exactly. Just like that. It's back. Limited wow. edition. Get they, it while you can. Limited run, what they say. Yep. That's the buzzword Days. Yeah, the mm -hmm. limited run. It's a limited exclusive. Two, a limited two-year run. Who knows when they'll come back? Maybe never. <laughs> they probably Maybe won't. Never. If I have anything to do with it, I'm not going to bring them back. Uh, so with do that you, being said, go ahead. I was going to say, do you remember that one time that other D&D group that plays on Thursday nights, they had their first merch and you really wish that you would have gotten it however many years ago? Mm -hmm. Now you're like, Don't I be was into them before they were cool. You could have gotten it now. You could have gotten it. Yep. Just so on. end of this month, no more sweet justice. And then our merch down our merch will be down for a little <laughs> that makes bit. Me so sad. It'll be down for a little bit as we're revamping our merchandise experience. Uh jazz hands included. Are these jazz hands or are these jazz hands? Oh, Those are did, jazz hands. We did imagination. I did like imagination. Imagination. Okay. Hands? Imagination hands. Got you. So it's like the more you know, rainbow. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yes, hands has you like moving your phalanges. Yeah, the little, yeah, little thingies. Mm -hmm. That's the scientific term. Oh, no, yeah. I like it. So, campaign one. Let's talk about it. Oh, it was oh, a good boy. run. Yes, fantastic. I'm sad that it's over. And why? I'm I mean, gonna well, Bryn, but. You know what? If I if I do another one shot, who knows? We might come back. <laughs> Maybe I'll do another one shot. It really was Maybe. fun to step back into the shoes of the yeah. captain after not playing him for how many months? Two? 
Felt like 300 years yeah. first off can i just say that not playing D every friday after playing every friday for like what two years mm-hmm. is torture it really is <laughs> it was, yeah. i was like oh a break this will be great no yeah awful. i didn't want a break either <laughs> i missed my friends <laughs> I missed yeah, our i'm so, so happy we're starting again soon i know it's so great okay well that- was- oh go ahead Oh, sorry. You go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, well, I was going to say um, that could kind of kick off a question for Max. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you told the story that you wanted to tell Ooh. in campaign one? Or was there stones left unturned that we as players didn't pick up on a quest mm-hmm. line? So the way that i've sort of taken in this stance and how i've interpreted it is i i like to create the world i like to create the sandbox and i like to create the pieces in that to give you the toys to play with but i think it's you all that tell the story because you could have gone in any in any number of ways in the campaign uh, and it would have been totally different to me there's there's always stones that are unturned um and it's kind of it, to me it's an experience where you're not supposed to overturn every single stone you can't you, you can't do it um but the choices that you make sort of guide that experience for you all just so for example um there there was a whole thing where if your party wanted to directly participate in the war of vantis and ram crown you absolutely could have you you could have been you know you could have taken that as far as you wanted to um if mm. if you all wanted um i mean theoretically if you all wanted to say hey we we like what salon's trying to do here but we don't like how they're doing it i mean you could have tried that too you know any anything is possible um or you could have said you know for the most part screw screw vantas we're just going to do ram crown stuff i mean th- those are all possibilities that that could have been explored if you wanted to but i i don't feel like there are things that like stories that i wanted to tell that didn't that didn't happen because a lot of what i do is is reactionary to what you guys do right i have big set pieces i have things going on in the background um but where the camera sort of goes in this you know journey is where your party goes so yeah i don't think that that's i don't feel like we didn't do what we set out to do. Uh, and also just to, to reiterate, um, <laughs> our last, the last stream, the, the end of campaign one was January 27th. God. Wow. wow. Okay. <sighs> long. So it's been two months and some change. Too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way too long. Yep. Probably should have done this no. earlier, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we know we, we're learning. We're learning. Yeah, I don't know about you all, but like being my first official campaign and having it being this extended uh, story with twists and turns, where I, I really feel like we did a good job as a first campaign of setting up characters that were fun. Uh, you each had a some unique backstory things that ended up played out. I don't know if everybody's was resolved the way they wanted to. I, I'm sure it was. It seemed like it was. Yeah, did anybody have a backstory thing that didn't get resolved on camera? And then, like, how do you feel about it? Well, 
I'll say, okay, it's, so, okay, after every sesh, this is a behind-the-scenes moment, mm-hmm. uh, we do Roses and Thorns, and I had, I uh, guess it'll be a public thorn, um, mm-hmm. I had a thorn with how Are we roasting my... Max live? All right, let's, okay. let's go. I deserve let's it. <laughs> no. I can take it. Real quick, for those that don't know, Roses and Thorns is a concept of what were the what were the good moments and what were the prickly moments. Not bad, but they, they were a little prickly for some one reason or another. And it's yeah. so that you can all learn as a group to get better. I just want to say something real quick. And, and we're on the same track, but don't forget this track of thought. But... I didn't switch mine and Moob's cameras from last time, so it says that you're the Dungeon Master, Moob's, and none of y'all right. fuckers in chat told me. Oh. Nobody even said anything. All right, all right. So let me, let me all, switch these back real quick. No, 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 no. First of all, everyone roll initiative. <laughs> Too late. I just moved you. This is a full combat show. Hey, this is why, this is why it's called Out of Combat Live. Combat. Yeah. Why does Max it, look like Ron though? I don't know. <laughs> Just say <laughs> hey, you're not doing the Ron voice, Max. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, what I was gonna say was like it's it's kind of a thorn for me. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like like it's not that I wasn't happy with how my character's story ended. It's that we finished doing like the big bad boss fight. Mm-hmm. And then like Vin's portal opened and then she got whisked away. But I still wanted her to do some stuff and like mm-hmm. have conversations with people. But mm-hmm. then she got told to go away. And so mm-hmm. I feel like Vin never got the closure that she wanted for her character with everybody because she wanted to have like these conversations and kind of mm-hmm. be there. Um, and so... I, I would say I didn't feel like my character got closure, but I liked where Max took my character because mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't know is that I'm really bad at coming up with backstories. So <laughs> I li- I literally just told Max, like, I literally don't know what to do. Help me. And I like you were finding out about Vin as I was finding out about Vin. So. Yeah. And, and yeah. And we talked about that. It's not like a, a jab against me. At least I hope. No, no, I'm no. Just kidding. Yeah. It's one of those things where it was, you know, I've never ran a campaign this long or a D&D campaign. This is my first D&D campaign. I did a couple, like five or six uh, sessions with the mods before doing this uh, to kind of test things out. But this is this is the first like campaign I've ever done. And I was so worried about the end for me. And I wanted things to be resolved, like as like how they were, quote, supposed to, like how things were supposed to end right. up. And I, and I knew that. You know, when the stuff was done that Vin had to go with her mom because that's the deal she made. But yep, then I, f- yep. I do feel bad that like everyone kind of got the, oh, and here's what they're doing now. And then and then Vin's like, well, you're in the Feywild. What do we do? So, yeah, yeah I totally yeah. get that. And we, we talked about that and kind of reconciled we it. We did. So. Yeah. All right. but I guess like yep. a, pu- a public facing. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I suggest something, though, since we're all here. Yeah. Sure. And if Vin really needs that closure, can we just relive that scene to to give Vin that closure? 
Well, I was thinking if we ever do a charity one shot where we revisit these characters, these are things that we could keep in mind to revisit, like at the beginning of the episode, do like a little flashback of like, well, what what happened? Like, like give yourself like role play yourself some closure and like we could each like take turns or something. The next one shot, we we go to the Feywild Ah! to visit Vin. Oh, Oh my God. Holy crap. Yes. Cause we didn't, we didn't really, there was no plane shifting or anything that happened in our campaign. That's so, true. We these are great ideas. I'd say if you're watching and these are things that you think would be cool ideas, like let us know because let's we're know, always yeah. looking for things we can do for charity streams and something like this would be like a perfect sort of like, we're doing charity. So we want to, we want to step aside from the main story. Let's do something a little unique. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, that. we're all alive and we're all still friends, I think. So, like, our characters can still <laughs> do stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, while, while we're on the ending stuff, um, what, Max, for you, question about Ron and then becoming a herald? Uh, I was kind of expecting more to, to come of it, or maybe just mm-hmm. like have the Oak Fathers speak to Ron. You're like, hey, you're a herald now, or. And uh, yeah, I felt nothing really came of that because we were just like we were in like death, pretty much death timer or doom timer mode. Like. Yeah, you were in doom timer mode. I so I don't think that the Oak Father would ever directly speak to anyone, even even to the heralds, because I was very careful in how I portrayed the Oak Father. It was always dreams, some symbolism. Um, and through, I think his avatar, uh, when you were in sort of that Feywild, um, sort of like meeting area. Um, and I agree. And and my thought on this, I've thought a little bit about this is a herald is a title that you've earned. It doesn't inherently give you anything. Now you've gotten the magical sort of artifact because of it to give you some additional, um, additional abilities which that could have been given to that herald or could have been earned from that herald or something along those lines. But I think that in my mind, when you're a herald of the grove, like you get there by merit and that's what that is. It's a title given to you because of the accomplishments and the deeds that you've done. Um, I don't think that, Oh, you're a herald now. Now you get all this, you know, all these abilities and magical cool shit and stuff like that. To me, I don't think that that's how it would have worked, especially for the Oak father. But I, I do, I do think that there could have been more, a little more fanfare. But like you said, we're we're in the doom timer at that point. Maybe maybe we'll explore that in the Feywild one shot. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that'd be really fun. I love the Fey with your character mac like when we found out that you were like legit a princess and you're uh, like so your mom like, is essentially suckers. like a really famous character in D that i don't know a lot of monsters in D, but this is one aspect of D that i know because it's based on um actual like myths and legends so my brain was like um kind of imploding when we found out who you're who your mom was because like mm-hmm. i love Feywild. i love everything about it i love all the characters that live there 
And I love, I love what Max did with them for this too. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like if any of you guys know who those people are, but like, to me, I was just like, what? Um, I'm familiar but it's, it's definitely one of those things where if you don't know, like you just totally go and Google Titania and, and the queen of, um, what is it light Aaron Aaron darkness. Darkness. Like it's just like really really big deal like you're not just a princess you're like the, the princess, princess of the fae <laughs> like um yeah, i which, told you i was a princess <laughs> <laughs> but i also think there's so much potential for what your character could be in the future like what if when she's way grown up like 100 years from now she's like some sort of arch fae like like vin could be an arch fae she could grow it like that's what there's so much potential there that's unexplored with your character now that is just like really cool to think about what if she comes back in season two what if you play another character and you are your own patron dude that's some like inception shit that like i'm not smart enough to understand (laughs) what if in a future campaign maybe not the second one but like a future one one of our characters does decide to roll warlock and Vin yeah. ends up being their patron. Be, their patron. How amazing would that <gasps> be? Have Mac, like, if the patron speaks, like, we could have be Mac. in your head. Although I Max does a good Vin. Max does a good Mac doing Vin. <laughs> well, you said it, VS. Now, now it can't come true. Come on. <laughs> um, that, that does remind me, though. Um, putting it on the universe, you know? Never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say something that I totally forgot it. That's okay. Well, no, I had a question for you, Max. So, like, you kind of created this world because you were kind of like, "Well, I want to run, I want to do D and D content because I love it so much." And then you're like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna run a game, so I'm gonna create my own world because I know you prefer that over existing content and modules." Mm-hmm. But did when you set out to create this world, did you have the concept of like? it's going to go through multiple campaigns and multiple timelines and things like that. Like, like what were your plans for this world when you first started it? Or was it more of like, I just need one. So I'm just going to start working on one. I mean, the, the thought didn't really cross my mind of, will this span multiple campaigns or not until probably midway through our campaign. Cause I didn't know if this shit was going to work. Right. I didn't, <laughs> I mean, for all I know, the campaign could crash and burn and we just like stop in the middle because everyone thinks it sucks or something, you know, I, I didn't really start thinking about what the greater world looks like until much, much later. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's fun that there's like a, a sort of place that, that we all helped create in this fantasy world, uh, that we can have stories in. And what I think is really great too, is I can expand on that. Um, instead of one continent, you know, Campaign two happens somewhere completely different that you haven't seen or anything like that too. Um, and then there's still the idea of like, well, this other continent, where is it on in the world? Like what influences do they have there? Do they have influences from the outside? Like what happened? That's it's all really cool. And I think I learned a lot the second time around based on the first time, if that makes sense. That's cool. Does anybody else have like 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 Max brought up a good point? Like when we first reached out to you and we're like, hey, do you want to play um D on, on stream. Did anybody else have any like preconceptions about the game that were like maybe different than what you expected? I know when Max told me, he was just telling me about it. I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, you should totally do that. And he's like, no, I'm asking you because I want you to play. And I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> like I didn't expect that. Um, but I definitely was like worried 
about streaming it because I'd never streamed D&D. It's like a whole mm-hmm. new thing. But does anybody else have any like I wasn't expecting this or I was expecting this instead? I don't know. Uh, well, for me, Max and I talked about it constantly back when he was Maximus Rake, man from the future. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we should just do it, man. We should just play D&D. And we just <laughs> kept talking about it and nothing ever happened. And, uh, and then one day Max was like, hey, I think about doing D&D and we're going to stream it. And I was like, I'm in. Yes, let's, it's finally it's happening. Way. We talked about it forever and, and mm-hmm. someone made the decision to, to make it make the move and it was Max. So I was, I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. You heard it here first. I made the moves on moves. It wasn't the other way around. Ooh. <laughs> first. Yep. And then when Max messaged me, I was down. I was really worried about time though because mm-hmm. I think... I think at the time, I don't know if it was like during the pandemic or just right before, but I don't, I don't really quite remember, but um, right after I think, yeah, I, I think I was still working a full-time job and c- creating content. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't on my own yet. And in my mind, I was like, am I going to have time for this? Like, <laughs> I thought that I was going to be the one to bail on you guys. Not that the ca- like, not that the campaign was going to crash and burn, but that like it was too much of a time commitment. But then it quickly became, no, this is too much fun. I will move things around to make this happen for me. So Aww. I admit something and don't be mad at me, Mac. Oh, no, no, I won't. I thought if anybody it wasn't going to work out and they might leave the campaign earlier, I thought it'd be you because I knew how much of a schedule you had and how seriously you take. Like, I mean, it's your job. Like, yeah, like for, yeah. for the rest of us, we have day jobs. But like for you, like streaming and YouTube is your job. So I was like, if it, if it's going to be anyone that doesn't stick it out, it's going to be Mac. And we'd only met like once at a con and I was like, she's oh, awesome. Yeah, but did. like, <laughs> but like she's very focused on doing like that thing. Um, and then also like from your stories of your earlier D&D games that you played, I was like, I don't know if she's going to like our style of D&D game. Like maybe it's too much role play for her or or like, I don't know, like maybe not min maxing. I don't know. I was like, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to match up. So I was like a little concerned. But then it's like week after week, you were like so excited to be there. And like you started doing like the Vin zines for those who don't know, those were part of a Patreon bonus. And like, I could just like tell the amount of thought and like love you'd put into your character. And I was just like, <laughs> I did not expect this. And it's amazing. And now it's like, I couldn't imagine you not being here. If that makes oh, sense. I, no. <laughs> I will say a hundred percent. I observed your play style change over the past couple of years. We started in oh. February of 2021. And in February in 2021, you were very much, I think, a combat first, other stuff later player. And yeah. if you look at some of these later episodes, that's that's not the type of player that you have sort of turned into from there, which I think is really cool because it's hard. It's hard to balance um, as a DM trying to make every player happy and sort of moving those spotlights onto the players to to do the things that make it fun for them. But I thought that was really interesting right. because you, you, I feel like later on, like you really were into the role play and were excellent at it. Well, thank you guys. Oh my God. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, to jump on that, because uh, I've been editing all the, the shorts for social media. Which, oh my God, can we just like take a moment? Don't forget yeah. your thought. Can we just take a moment, please? Does anybody, okay, if you're not 
following us on like TikTok and what is it? Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like all the socials, all the socials and YouTube. If you're not watching these shorts that he (laughs) edits, I have never seen such perfect editing. And I like once a day, I start cracking up at stupid stuff we've said. And I'm like, it wasn't that funny when we said it live, but somehow like the editing captures like the moment. Oh my God. Sorry. Sorry, Moobs. I did not want to interrupt, but like you guys have to make sure you're following on TikTok and stuff. Make sure you're watching the shorts. They're so good. Yeah. So when I'm looking at my, so I have like two folders. I have like stuff that I need to edit and then stuff that are done. And I look at the done folder. I swear to God, like eighty percent of it is you, Mac, because you say what? the funniest. You say the funniest shit. It's always <laughs> Mac that makes me laugh. It's Mac or or VS. Yeah. Because some, it's always one of them that I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'll watch this to give it a I, view, and then I'm like crying, laughing. I feel like what's funny with you, VS, is your delivery. So <laughs> yeah. is is out is of nowhere dry, you will like... come in and you will deadpan just say some shit, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's my amazing mom. Yeah. yeah so good if, if Mac so... Left, we would be boring <laughs> oh. so excited to see oh, your no. next character vs to see what their person i'm like so, it's so funny because for that being your first D character like can we talk about that actually um yes, yeah, that was, yeah. That was, i was thinking about this it, was yeah. his first I mean, D character oh, oh stop it you oh <laughs> No, I'm putting you on the spot. This was your first D&D character, and not only were they a really fun character mechanically, which most people don't play their first time. Most people play what they think is going to be fun, not what's actually fun their first time. Like, so you clearly had a lot of knowledge about classes, but then you also made a really interesting character with a really interesting backstory, and then you brought this really unique flavor to him with just your your like unique sense of humor, and I. I just want to know, like, how do you feel? Like, this is your first campaign finish. Like, you you kind of nailed it on making a character. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I feel like I've said before, like, yeah, this is my first ever campaign, but um, and I've never made a character, played a character. I did have a lot of like influence. I've been watching Critical Role for years. I was outside familiar with the game mm-hmm. um and some of the stuff and the rest of it was just like i i needed some help in actually like with mechanical stuff because while i kind of knew what some characters or some classes did i hadn't played before so the stat sheet all that stuff was new so in the beginning i think max helped me out a lot when creating valkan especially mechanically understanding like how monks worked and whatnot but as far as like the, the character itself and the personality, um, I, there's an anime that I love with like all my heart called Gintama. And the main character is just this, he's the main character, but he's lazy, goofy. But when he needs to, like he always will step up in the moment and do what's necessary. And I was like, I have to bring that influence into this somewhat. <laughs> like I have to try and do my version of this and it gave me excuse to have like a, a lazy character so I could like sit back and just since it was my first time, I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to like role play on stream and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I knew you guys had played Dungeons and Dragons before. So I was like, I'll make a character that if I need to, I can just take a back seat and watch everybody else do their thing. And then I can pop in with some quips and whatnot. 
I leave it up to Max. Like I wrote a backstory and Max took it like a step further. And so I was not expecting like three steps further. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting to like have so many like big moments with Falcon. But um, I think by the time those rolled around, I was very comfortable playing with you guys and very getting more comfortable with the role play aspect. So everything just kind of fell into place for me. Um, and I just had a ton of fun. I couldn't ask for a better first campaign. So I will yeah. say too that VS, your backstory was the most extensive by far of anyone <laughs> oh, else's. Really? Oh, Dude, yeah. mine was like a sentence. I was so small. I was like, boom. Oh, really? Mine was yeah, at least a page. Like, I know. Mine was at least one or two sentences. <laughs> Interesting. But um, I do want to say, uh, with with all of that being said, VS. We all took a page out of your book at the end of the campaign because you gave your character a flaw and none of us had done that where you were afraid of the undead and that had like, like, cause your monk style was like, let me get up in there. Let me get up on top of it. But if the undead was involved, you were like, let me hang back. I'm afraid. And that provided yeah. so much depth to your character to mm -hmm. where like it really it felt like a person like it like like it actually was real it had its own wants and needs mm -hmm. and fears and so we were all like we want to do that with our characters in campaign too yeah <laughs> so like we're yeah. learning from you <laughs> I, well, I wanna... Mac is like he tied his you just real quick your your flaw was tied into like your strength like whether you realize yeah. it or not and that like somehow made it so much more like poignant but, like that's a really good point mac like i hadn't really thought of it that way mm -hmm. um it's funny you should mention that because like when we were i kind of had the prompt on like how to design a character for the first campaign that max kind of put out in our session zero like look for their personality traits do they have any flaws or whatnot I love creating characters. I love brainstorming characters. Um, mm. I think it's fun to come up with backstories. So I just kind of like went at it and did something that was like not, I mean, it's pretty basic, kind of a tragic backstory type of stuff. But I was like, what could I, what like fun little quirk could I give? And I was like, I don't know, what if he's just like, what if he just hates anything undead? What if he just finds them super creepy and wants nothing to do with it? So I wrote and that. And Max yeah. was like, mm. I, I want to take a moment to, because we have quite a few audience questions, and this is very pertinent to what we're talking about now. So I'm just going to grab this because I already know what the answer is um, to this one. And this one's from Chiba, who had asked, um, did the players do anything you didn't expect that impressed you or turned out better than your plans? And the first thing that comes to my mind from that, um, and, and you all know that like my plans are, are I'm just create the playground, you play in it. But when really when the light bulb went off for me, when like, oh, this is going to be good. And it was very early on when you were uh, in the in the ruins. Um, Super babbies. Yeah. When VS first surfaced that character flaw. In combat, when you first saw the undead and you said, I'm going to spend my turn cowering in fear behind right. this wall. Yeah, that was the very first thing in this campaign that really impressed me. And it comes to my mind often, especially since you were a brand new player of, of D&D, that I'm like, OK, this is going to be good. We're, we're OK. <laughs> we're going to be OK <laughs> if I can keep this up. So 
I remember that. You your... gave me inspiration for that one. Yeah. I did. Yeah. You, you <laughs> fucking deserved it. Yeah, you did. You definitely deserved it. So, yeah. yeah that, was, that was so long ago, but I, I remember that was fun. I was like, yeah. nope, I'm staying right here. Real Hi. quick before we move on to player, uh, sorry, player questions, to yeah. chat questions. I, what, I had a question for um, Moobs. So, like a personal question. So, hi. Um, I like we kind of talked about like how VS thought of created his character and how back was kind of like, I don't know, I suck at backstories. I know I want to play this. Like, let's do something like weird. And now you didn't remember your backstory. Um, how did you come up with the idea of Ron? Is he like based on anything or a previous character you played or anything like that? Or was it just like something totally new? Or like, I don't know. I'm just like curious how you got to that. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any like back. I want to say I didn't have any inspiration from like a third party source. I was just kind of reading uh, material on furbogs and their society and how they interact with one another. So I was like, oh, furbogs typically don't have names because, uh, you know, just like what, what for? You're just like the thing is the thing that it's, its purpose is. Uh, I was like, well, if furbogs don't have names, then I would just. I looked. I went super nerdy and looked up like Elven script and Elven dictionaries. I'm like, well, Ron is like uh, basically like a fade giant, essentially. So, uh, you know, so I was like, well, what's the Elven word for giant? And it's Ron. So I was like, all right, cool, that's Ron. Oh, what? Cool. I and didn't know that. Yeah, so I didn't Ron, know. Yeah, really Elven, cool. Ron is the Elven word for giant. And I was like, well, the elves call keep calling Ron ron so that's that's his name and then uh so on top of that uh i was like well if they don't have any like naming conventions or stuff like that i'm not in a sense of like him or 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 samantha you know so i was like well then he hell's sure as hell is not gonna understand like idioms mm-hmm. phrases stuff like that so uh maybe i took like a book from from drax uh from guardians of the galaxy um and when I thought of that, I was like, oh, well, Drax does that. So I, well, that's not going to be a problem. And then uh, a little bit of Drax, but not with, not the crazy Drax. Just. That's, my, <laughs> that's my favorite quirk about Ron. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, me too. What does this mean? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like when, when Ron is clueless and we're, we're all aware that he's clueless about something, but it's like harmless. Those are like some of the best moments. So when we're all playing in. As well. Ben was like, oh, it's this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then and then Valkan teaches Ron Ron the wrong thing. Like, well, <laughs> like, <what?"> yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was a good like role playing dynamic. Do we want to do some more? Um, should we, should we get into the questions oh, that people submitted? Or um, I wanted to ask you, Bun, how did you come up with like wanting to like? like have babas and like their um like mystical like side and and bun being more of not not bun but um brin being more of like a girly girl than you would um anticipate like how how did that come about um i remember when i started making brin my entire concept for her was i want the other players to have fun and I want them to pick the classes that they want to pick. And I'm going to fall into the fill slash support role. <laughs> so there was no concept for her, essentially. Her whole goal was to be 
a support class, meaning I had some heals, I had some AOEs, I had things that could buff you guys, we did, which we didn't end up needing. I ended up not using those because you guys never needed buffs. You guys were like really good. So I ended up just buffing myself. Um, but she was built to where she could buff you guys as needed. Like I could put haste on people, but, but you guys did not need it. You were so powerful. Um, and so I started thinking about this character that was based off of kind of like um, Thor from the Marvel movies where you're like just this really kind of not that bright, but really nice person that's there to help everyone else. And you uh, like it was kind of like a Thor Captain America vibe that I, I don't know. We were rewatching all the Marvel movies at the time. And but I wanted her to just be like there for the, the team. And I didn't want to like steal the scenes because I've played a lot of D&D. I didn't actually realize at the time how much D&D moves had played, um, but I've done a lot of role play D&D and I didn't want to be the person that was always like new things. So I was like, what if she like, doesn't know things and she's more of a like she can easily take it's kind of like like vs like she can kind of take the back seat as needed i don't know that i ended up playing her that way but the goal was that she could be more of a support character and then through thinking of that i was thinking of like what's like a a backstory where like the whole point of your being is to help others and help the world and i had this idea of like would you go to the medicine woman you go to the healer the medicine woman in your tribe and their whole job is to help. And it's not necessarily just through healing. It's like through other aspects, right? And then I just thought, but those people are usually ostracized in a lot of ways too. So I had this whole idea of like, her whole goal is to help people and they don't appreciate her for it. And then simultaneously, she has these other powers that they misunderstand. So it's like, all she wants is to help people, but be left alone. <laughs> and all they wanted to do was treat her like some weird person that can wield thunder power like a god. And she's like, no 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 like i like my whole life goal is just to like sit on the sidelines and help people but like people didn't understand that and so she got really mad and like left um but the babas came about because i needed her to have a really good moral compass um like a really really strong moral compass and i was like how do you have that and i was like you have that because someone taught you that and instilled it into you your entire life and they did it by showing not just by preaching and right. so that's what babas came to be Did that i don't know if i explained that well. yeah no that was awesome so. the, the weird train of thought that got me to bryn <laughs> that's perfect i'm going to continue just weaving in some audience questions here as we're kind of discussing and talking um and i'm going to ask this one it's totally self-serving um that village uh put in here um uh -oh. this, is for everyone. this is for everyone so um <laughs> which npc was your favorite not brannis <laughs> I actually okay. liked Brannis. Okay, at the end, at the end, Brannis might be top tier. He's like, he's like almost <laughs> S tier, but not quite S tier because you know who is S tier? Turtle guy. Bickwin. Bickwin. <laughs> turtle guy. Bickwin is premium NPC category. See, I I liked Brannis. Granted, I I don't believe I was actually there you for the episode. You were not there when he showed he up. You don't even understand the incompetence. <laughs> but I love that like Vin just doesn't give a fuck about him, and he's like, "Oh yes, please, mommy, more," you know. And I'm just like, "What? You weirdo!" Stop. I will say, if anyone hasn't watched the Ron's Dreamy one shot, the, the learning that. 
Vin probably would be totally willing to marry Brannis just for like the benefits of some of the paladin spells was <laughs> my favorite moment in like the whole campaign of like, oh, she's going to, oh, oh, she's going to be fine with. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she's, it was a great character moment for both of them. It was a great moment. I have to second Mac for Brannis because uh, it's, it's weird to say this in and maybe a D sense for an npc but he had such a character growth arc <laughs> where yeah. he came the really shitty annoying adventurer who stole people's credit and was making mm-hmm. it oh, till he, he made it right and then as we progress and interact with him more he you know he's like all right still still scumbag still scumbag and then and something happened and a, a switch happened and something clicked to Brannis where he's like, uh, maybe, maybe I'm, I shouldn't be the bad guy all the time. But not that he was like a bad, bad guy, but you know, he was just mm-hmm. a jerk. Um, and then as he got more involved with Ron, especially, you know, during uh, the, the gambling and all that, and he's getting caught up in our shenanigans where he's yep. forced to have to do things. And then just seeing his, his character arc grow and kind of, Sort yeah. of become a better person, you know, but he like he'll he'll get there in with more time if he spends time with sweet justice that he'll eventually become like an okay better person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to real quick just point out like we're so used to training ourselves, like we're all streamers. We know how to interact with chat. We had to train ourselves not to interact with chat too much while we were doing like in sessions because we need <laughs> the same character and saying that we can interact with chat today. So I just want to real quick yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you everyone for being in chat. Zeus, Erock, Chinner. Livid. We've got people over on YouTube channel. Like we're, we're we actually are very Chiba. much reading your stuff. Um, uh, Chinner, welcome. Chiba, does, I don't know if I left anybody out. I'm sorry. I'm I'm very overwhelmed today. But I just want to say like there's some really good comments. Uh, Captain Erock said a good character is sometimes one you don't like, and I think that is mm-hmm. so true because the emotions you got out of us because of how you had made Brannis were <laughs> so much more like intricate. Then the emotions we got, like I loved Risa, for example, I but the emotions like there Risa. are. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, well let's go with that. Uh, She's fucking stupid and never fucking helped us. We would be like, okay, we gotta save oh you shit, and they'd be like, oh hey guys, by the way, blah blah, and I was just like, just tell us the shit we need to know, and then, and then the one time, the one time she tells us something useful completely over our head we forget about it because we're so used to her just not telling us anything good that the stupid like boat guy was able to find us and i was like god damn it and then max was like oh you guys forgot risa did tell you and i'm like god when did she tell us anything useful Mm -hmm. and rant i didn't like her i was actually mean to her That's hilarious. What about you, VS? You've been kind of quiet on on favorite NPC. Uh, I mean, the the, the standouts were like Brannis, Bikwin. Like I like all those guys. Um, I'm just trying to think of all the NPCs that we met and which ones like your girlfriend stood out to me. Mm. Yeah, my, Wait, which, which one? one? Which one? Yeah, which one? Yeah, I had like five <laughs> lives or something. Nearly okay. Was one of what's, them. 
Emma. What is canon? Who's your actual girlfriend? You have yeah, to tell us. Who does Valkan end up with? Mm. Uh, tell us more. I, tell us more. Zaddy. Like, does she have a mimic? I don't know. I think Valkan is. Uh, <laughs> he's very much a lazy good for nothing. So I don't know if he ends up settling with any one of them. I'm sure if they. If he did get together with one of them, I'm not sure how long it would last because they'd probably kick him to the <laughs> Like the idea of him having an on again, off again, like antagonistic, but like fully loving relationship with someone. Yeah, I'm sure. Some by, people work by, like that. <laughs> yeah. Like how we wrapped up our campaign. It, it seemed like um, um, Emma, was the, Emma was the school. Yeah. yeah. Imagery. That was probably the probably the one that was most likely. But I haven't really it's hard for me to picture him having like a, a serious relationship. He just seems too aloof for that. But who knows? About, she could change him. I don't know. It's true. Every lady loves a project, right? Uh, yeah. No, 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 they don't. Don't make no, them do that. Don't. They think they don't. They don't. They ain't don't. nobody got time. Um, ain't nobody got time for that shit, especially in this this year of 2020. In this economy? But what about you, Mac? Like, what do you think? Do you think Vin ends up finding, like, do you think she ends up, like, like we never, it's not a topic that we had in the campaign because it didn't feel... I think natural for our characters in that time and place. So we joked about it with Valkan's character, but it didn't really come out. But like romance wise, what is the future like? Honestly, for your character, she ends up with Brannis. Like <laughs> she loves her, someone she could just like like she wears the pants. order around, order Wrap around, around her finger. Excuse me, please yeah. cast all the buffs on me. Give her Thank plus you. one AC. Like I'm too cute to do my own think, buffs. I don't so. think your mom would allow it for you to marry a mortal after you. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a well. Maybe that's something we'll explore in a future one. But what? also, like, mm -hmm. why would that make her want to do it more? You know. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I will say for me on the topic of NPCs, I think the most fun that I had playing an NPC is either going to be Risa or Brannis because, and they're, you they're loved two, Brannis. they're you two loved very different characters. Him. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I, there was something about Risa that I really liked kind of getting in, in her headspace. You're so pure of, of she's pure. She wanted to help. She was a little bit of aloof. Like she was sheltered. She basically worked in a library her entire life and has, and has an, an angel talk to her in her head. Like, I don't know. It was so funny. And the, the sending stuff, like her personality of just like, just keep rattling on and on and on and on. I just, I love that. I know that you didn't like it, Mac, but uh, I, I love doing it. Well, so like the it. thing about the angel talking to her, like we never really learned what that was about. We, I wish we did. Wait, we oh, Max, dive in. What was we that about? Enough. Yeah. Tell us. She's, I mean, she's an ASMR. Um, oh. and, and I'm not sure how much she picked up on this or not, but you know, when I mentioned, um, you know, when she's taken her hood off that she always wears, she had a feather in her hair. That feather is part of her. Some ASMRs manifest of having like angelic feathers like in their hair permanently. But it wasn't um, in her hair. It was like it was feather? part of her. Yes, it was a feather that was in her hair. So she is an ASMR. Um, and what she is an ASMR a, that. for people dumb. at home that don't know? <laughs> the, those are the ones that are sort of um, 
think think of how tieflings are sort of like devil touched. Jesus. ASMRs are like They're angel Jesus. touched, basically. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it's like a heavenly creature was like, you get a heaven, baby. Yeah, basically. Oh. And then some of them, um, <laughs> like they have like oh, not you know not necessarily from a deity, right? It some other celestial being could be Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're celestial, which is specifically not demonic. Right. right. There's upper planes, no. right? Yeah, there's a lot of yes. celestials. Yeah. But you're right, it is a full pantheon. It's not um a singular entity, correct? Right. And um and for for her, um, and I think she mentioned because you knew she was a cleric. Um, I believe she was a cleric of let me look this up real quick. Knowledge. Let me look this up. I mean uh her specific deity. Um I believe it was of like the god of justice. Um Lord of Justice, which would be essentially like Forgotten Realms like Tyr. Um so Burius was an angel for basically that deity. Um and that's sort of why she sort of wanted to help you all get rid of all the undead and things like that uh in that town. Man, uh, that's why she went along. We, imagine if we took a hard turn and focused on uh, that line of plot, mm-hmm. with, we could have been interacting with upper planar things. Absolutely. Oh, Bryn would have hated that because there would have there would have been. <laughs> I was I like, mean, Steve, I told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing of about that too is, you know, if you start directly like using Risa as like your conduit to like, hey, what does Beerus want us to do next? You know, what what's in line? What needs to be corrected? Like that that could have basically put you like what what Beerus was saying is directly interfacing like there would have been a point where you probably would have met Beerus depending on what you had done you know it could have went uh, uh you know all kinds of directions for sure can we can we do new game plus <laughs> <laughs> new game plus do, do all the quests we didn't do or we didn't yeah. we're just going over our heads okay <laughs> uh speaking of of things that we didn't really get more of. There was a particular merchant. Oh, a magic. Oh shit! Never saw him again. The magic shop that disappeared. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck, Max? What was that about? I actually liked that guy. <laughs> I, I didn't. I was so intrigued by that, and then they were just gone. This forever. is something that I probably would have would you're, change if I didn't like that. Antiquities, right? Say it one more time. Yeah. Curiosities and antiquities. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Curios and antiquities. So this is something that I would probably have changed if I did something in the future, because I left it entirely up to chance in RNG of major cities that he would appear in next. And every time that you'd seen him, he would go to a new city and he would remain there until you you saw him again, and then he would go to a new city after that. Um, the problem with that is um, the city that he went to, um, you guys never visited. <laughs> oh. What oh. one was that? It was the capital city of Ram Crown. Oh, um, yeah. So. 
That's how we really didn't explore that. We went to Emberholm, and that was like it. We mm-hmm. didn't really explore the Ram Ground territory at all. Yeah. And, I think and, I felt like we weren't supposed to. <laughs> the artist that did the map, I'm a little bummed that we didn't explore more of the world. Because there were a couple places on the map that I really, really wanted to see. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's only me because I like stared at it while I was creating it. Yeah. And Tamantir is the city, by the way, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the the capital city of, of Ram Crown. You are correct. I, like you were saying at the beginning, we probably could have had we just decided like we liked Ram Crown the most out of and we wanted to do stuff yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, we did like of, them. We kind of like stayed right down the middle for the most part. Like, yeah, we were that. scared to commit. Mm-hmm. Well, I get like that in video games. Like, I don't ever want to like, like I get, I want to like look. I gotta go look up the guide on like what what that means by picking something. So it's hard. It was hard for me to think about that in D anD D. But I think that's something mm-hmm. that we can learn from this campaign. Is you know sometimes it's okay to just commit. It's okay to kind of yellow it because it's going to tell an interesting story no matter what. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it- seemed like the story was kind of leading in a like we went north for quite a while and then other stuff happened that kind of led us in different ways mm-hmm. so it wasn't really too much that led us to ram crown at that point yeah, yeah unless we just checked it out because it was the ram crown devices i think that we could have been like, well, let's investigate yeah. these. Or like, I really liked the Lich. I know everyone was so afraid of him, <laughs> but I was so fascinated. He's a I Lich. Was... Do you not know what that means, Mac? Clearly not, because I'm like, you <laughs> can be our friend. Like, okay, he did some bad things, but we've killed people too. Like, we're kind of the same. You know? I like, I like the comment in chat that... Um, James says it's also okay to YOLO regret it and try to go back on it. Like that's mm-hmm. a really cool. Like it, like it's okay. It's interesting. It, it uh, as I said, it makes for super interesting story pieces. So if we had befriended a lich and then regretted it, Mac, as one would when they befriend a lich. Do you know what? A li- do you know how a lich becomes powerful? Uh, he killed somebody, right? But like we killed. Not people like too. somebody. Like lots of people. Like they're using people's souls to stay alive for forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. well. Yeah, well. I mean, also, you, to us. you you could have a situation where it's like maybe he only gets bad people's souls to stay alive forever. Yeah, maybe he's a vigilante. Mm-hmm. He's also a very powerful like arch wizard. Mm-hmm. And he and helped us. Typically, not painting with a, a super broad brush, but they're typically very <laughs> selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you kind of have to be. You don't build a tower like that unless you're super into yourself. So, but... it was also well in both parties self interest because of Orcus. If Orcus comes into mm-hmm. the material world, well, he is screwed yeah. because he is now under the control of Orcus. So, um, he was. I mean, yeah, we both had a common enemy, but he was basically using us mm-hmm. to take care of his problem. Absolutely. I'm glad I'm glad that's how you think because that's exactly how it was. One thing I say that I, I would think that I wish would have played out more because I thought it'd be interesting is, you know, you and we talked about it, like you guys had a doom timer and you jumped on it whenever that happened. Um, but the idea of if the um if Salon had succeeded and started bringing back Orcus, um, 
that would have opened up all kinds of shit because the issue with that is Orcus commands all undead on that plane, which means that y'all would have had a lich to deal with too, <laughs> because he would now be under control we by Orcus. We would have had a total Ooh. party oh, kill. <laughs> assuming like, assuming we failed in our endeavor to stop, like Orcus coming back. Mm-hmm. Would our campaign have been extended? Some would we have had to then, like, retreat? Ooh, good like, question. And maybe seek out theorists for help, or how, how much? How much more? If we had failed, did you have more uh, planned for us? I guess there's. I mean, there's always more that you can do, but I think in that event of if if you failed and basically remained alive, like at that point, like it, the idea of Orcus coming to the material plane is like end of the world type shit. Um, and that, that would have started a catastrophic series of events where more than likely you all would not been able to defeat it on your own and would have had to have reached out to some people to help deal with that. Um, or the material plane becomes a hellscape. <laughs> And everyone lives happy, yeah. happily ever after. Campaign two would have been very different. Uh, we yeah. saw a little bit of that in uh, one of the one shots. If you all didn't make it to all of one of the one shots, um, City of Terror was sort of like, this is what it looks like when that stuff comes through and nobody stops it. Yeah, um, and that was happening at the exact same time as when your that's party. That's my question. That's is cool. when your party was was dealing with that in Salon because they all started opening. Um, and you had agents embedded in different areas because Salon liked to weave their influence into into the governments, um, and that's exactly how that how that happened. And that's why um, when Ron tried to reach out to you, sending with Risa, that's why at the end I didn't specifically answer her as her because I knew that this that the City of Terror was coming. Um, so if we'd have failed in City of Terror, Risa would be dead? Essentially. <gasps> oh. Wow. Good thing we had uh, VS playing like a freaking OP sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know how strong feats are. I just like, ooh, this sounds like I should use this. With <laughs> you, no, it was awesome. great. It was so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thanks to you. And thanks again to, uh, to Zeus for running Zeus that and shit. your DMs for running, yeah. for running that. That was amazing. It's, it's a very odd experience for me as like a first time DM, like getting these things together and having like Zeus and Jesse be like, okay, does this make sense in your world? What can we do to weave this stuff in? And it's stuff that like two years ago, I wouldn't even thought of that shit of having to work with other people to create things that exist in this whole world. It's very interesting for me. Um, oh, okay. go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I was gonna say, um, so something that like I was trying to do, and I don't know if this would have have even have come into play. So, with Vin's zines, mm-hmm. I was trying to kind of use those as like opportunities for more world building and like mm-hmm. things that would come in later. So, like, I think the last one was like an Uncle Sam's. We need you to help us. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Um, but like, I had done other things where like I had like done like a whole love story or um, I had like poorly rated people's 
um, establishments or like told people where that guy's treasure was because he was an asshole, you mm-hmm. know, and I was kind of hoping that that shit would come back and bite us. So like we would go back to a town and like the bakery would be out of business or like something mm-hmm. bad would happen because of Vin, you know? Yeah. Um, did, did that ever cross your mind or do we just not have time or like it just wasn't that multifaceted i i wish i had more time to loop it in i'll I'll say that and it's definitely it was on the table of possibilities it's just one of those things that we didn't get into that but no i would have loved to weave more stuff into that for sure 100 percent I think it would have been fun. But like as I was writing them, I was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for this shop owner that I just made up in my head, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what I love about that, too, is like is D&D to me and it, and it's in its heart and soul is collaborative storytelling. And, and I really like when people sort of just take the reins and say, this is how this is. And like a lot of what you did in the zine is like, Hey, these are real people that exist in the world. And you just sort of manifested them, which I'm totally happy with. Yeah. I made them up. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. We go to the list. Sure. Grab grab one, grab one. Well, I have, I, I wanted to ask one, um, from the list. Because there's two that are on the same kind of topic. So uh, our our own sweet Chiba asked, was there anything you, referring to you, Max, wanted them to do that they didn't? And a little bit similarly to that, Aeon6 wanted to know that she said that as an audience member, there were so many times that Max laid the bait for an event, side quest, or opportunity to know more about an NPC. And for Max, is there any one of these bait trails that you really wish the cast had taken? So like both those questions are kind of the same of like, is there something that you wanted us to do that we just like completely ignored and didn't do? I don't think so. And I think I've covered a little bit about some of these things. It's like, I just create the sandbox and give you the pieces to play with. It doesn't, it doesn't... But is there feelings. one that you wish we had like not like from a selfish standpoint is what I'm saying. Like one that you were like, oh, this is gonna be really fun if they do this. I think that's what the questions are getting at. It's not as like maybe it wouldn't even have been good or made the story better, but is there one yeah. that you were like, oh, I had this thing planned out? Because I think I, they want to know I, the inside secrets. I think that it would have been interesting. I don't I don't want to say that I wish you did it. I think it would have been interesting if you all had sort of committed to a side. And then had to mm. deal with some of like the socio-political like aftermath with some of those things. I think well, that would we're be not interesting. Smart enough for that, though. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we I think that that'd be it. yeah. I think that'd be interesting. <laughs> you know, thinking the possibilities of what if you know during the giant naval battle, what if you were part of the giant naval battle instead of going through it and trying to blockade run it? Wait, that was an option. Everything's an option. Yeah, I mean, because our party was like, uh. <laughs> F that. We don't want to pick right a We just want to go on adventures and save people. Like yeah. we weren't mm-hmm. like you know, for for sweet justice opinion as a collective. Uh, we thought the war was stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So why would yeah. we decide when we went to see uh, King Oscar, who became emperor? We're like, well, this guy's not cool. And then we went to Ram Crown, and we're like, well, there's too much paperwork. Why, why are we even bothering with this stuff? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, two very different forms of governing and it, mm-hmm. it just, none of none of those kingdoms fit our party's style you mm-hmm. know what i mean so well yeah. it's what you were saying moves and also wanted to know like for everyone else was there something that you wanted to pursue but couldn't maybe because of time or it didn't suit your character specifically is there something 
that us as the players wanted to pursue that we ended up not pursuing? I think I wanted to go back to the Fey area and find those fairies that were like playing around Wig. with us. Yeah, Chaos. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm with Max. I, yeah, I think that was the only thing that I really wanted to play around with more. I'll be honest, as a player, I'm fucking oblivious. And like, <laughs> I thought we laid out everything that was available to us. I thought we did. Like, I didn't know that there was open quest lines until chat's like why didn't you guys do this and we're like wait what <laughs> i didn't hear that you know <laughs> i think part of that is because we live streaming DD is very different from playing yes you know off camera yeah. and like you're, at a, you're on a table or whatever um because we feel like we always have to be on and keep the story flowing and we don't really have yep. time to, to think and recollect until even like we're afterwards but we still we're still trying to be entertaining and, and stay in character and try not to like break character and ask meta questions or anything like that. So maybe mm -hmm. that, that had to be a, that might've been an influence on maybe why we kind of just things went overhead because we're kind of like, we have to be on, we got to go, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe uh, this time, I don't know, Max, maybe we have like an open quest line journal or something. <laughs> that's up to y'all. You can do it if you want, because <laughs> I got my own shit to worry about. I think it's, yeah, it's <laughs> on us to be more diligent with our notes and like maybe pay attention more when we're dealing with NPCs. I also think we were a little scared in season one. To, towards the end, we were better. We were scared to make a decision that affected the rest of the party. But I think we're getting better at like rolling with it of like, oh, well, so-and-so's character did this let's let's see where this goes like i think we're mm -hmm. much more okay with that than we were when maybe it started um yeah like we're more yes and now than we were at the beginning does that make sense yeah, yeah. i i think part of it is that like we like I didn't really know you got like I I knew Max really well, and then Bun I met you in person once. You know what I mean? Not I like didn't, once. <laughs> I didn't know anybody else, and so like I I think I was afraid to like piss you guys off or, or like like, <laughs> like I don't know just like be that person that's like Leroy Jenkins <laughs> like just like go into the fight. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that's why maybe we were a little bit more reserved until we got to know each other and then we're just like screw it let's just yeah, do it i think you're right I'm, i think that's why well, i'm really looking forward to season two because it's a, like a little bit of a no holds barred like maybe. like all out but, like i think we're gonna be less scared of those things what were you gonna add vs i know you're gonna you were getting ready to jump in there uh it's kind of what max said like it's the first campaign of streaming a campaign for everybody uh first campaign in general for me specifically so i think in the beginning it was more of like just wherever the adventure is is going is fine don't want to like like yank somebody in such an extreme opposite direction by making some crazy decision like uh, and I don't think any of us are, are players like that anyway. Like we might do something that seems like at the time, like a fairly chaotic choice, but we're not going to together. We're not the types that are just going to make like a 90 degree turn when everybody else is like <laughs> yeah. you know, going uh, a different way. So I don't know. I think it was a, a feeling out process for quite a while. Um, 
Yeah. us to the end when we got more familiar with how we role play our characters and stuff. They were more loose with it. So. Yeah, because when I when I first talked to Max about Ron character, I I told him that was good because I am like the more seasoned D and D veteran of the group. I didn't want to step on everybody's toes and be like, all right, this is what we're doing. I'm going to lead the group to do this and that. So I mean, I I also wanted Ron to be be a step back character. Look, sounds like we all we all did that. that. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we funny. We didn't want to step in each other's toes. Um, it's hard to be the face, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's a lot of pressure. But then Ron ended up being the face, which was weird because he's like mm-hmm. not the brightest and definitely should not be a face. Perfect. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. If anybody vintage <laughs> face, all that charisma. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did have a lot of charisma. I do feel like halfway through the campaign, we all realized just how much charisma uh, Vin had, and we were uh-huh. all like, "Oh, wait a minute, what are we doing yeah. here?" Like, wait a change thing, like she could be anybody. No. Yeah. Uh, Mac. Well, and I forgot to use that more. I forgot about it. That was it. my question for you. I was like, did you wish you used your changeling powers more often? Because, uh, yeah, you didn't really use it that much. <laughs> I used it in the beginning of the campaign because I remembered that I was a changeling. And then I literally forgot until, Moobs, I think it was your idea that you were like, hey, you should change into the dude's girlfriend. And I was like... <laughs> I could do that. Oh my god. And so I like I've completely slipped my mind. I totally forgot I could do it. And so um yeah. Surprise changing again. Surprise. We're doing it again. And better. Yeah. Um so funny. <laughs> forgot. I think in our grab- second. Huh? Sorry. I think our, our second campaign is going to be interesting in that we're more comfortable yeah. now with how we play, but also I yeah. think I think a majority of our characters are fairly charismatic on the stat sheet. Probably. No. Uh. I, I think I think I think my character is pretty uh, charismatic. Without spoiling anything, I, I think uh, we have potential for a pretty charismatic party overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Don't say anything, Chiba. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grab another question. This is for all players and Max. Is there an item, potion, weapon, or etc. that you wish had been in a party member's inventory, either in general or as a tool for a specific situation you got into? As really a DM, as a DM I, and this is always, always going to be an issue with players, um, the single-use stuff, just use it. Just use it. Don't hold on to it for the whole time you need to. Just fucking use it. Use it. It's fine. (laughs) You can't use it if you're dead. But I don't. I don't think that he's specific because I guess like I'm sort of the one that decides what items you all get. So I would hope that I would give you what I think that you needed, or some of it's random too. But I don't know about any of you all. Is there anything that I know? Moves. You're probably gonna say Holy Avenger, but (laughs) yep. I was I was pushing hard. I was uh, lobbying hard for the Holy Avenger. Um, and never, I don't it never know. came. I don't know any of the magic items, so I can say yeah, two things. Mm-hmm. I wish so. I got the Screaming Rock really early. Yeah, and I was just waiting for the perfect time to use it. 
And Mm -hmm. I never felt like I had it, you know, where I was like, oh, this would be the like, but like every session I'm like, am I going to use it today? You know, like (laughs) you probably forgot I had it, you know, but I knew that I had it. Um, And then the other item that I I had that I really liked, but then I gave it away and I wish I didn't was Mm -hmm. I liked that like ever smoking jug. Um, that I had. Um, but I always felt like every time I opened it, I screwed everybody over. And so (laughs) like, it was this item that was like really fun for me, but sucked for everybody. I was low key pissed every time I used that. I'm like, like, no, don't use it. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this awesome thing. (laughs) At the same time, like that's such a Bin thing to do the yeah <laughs> yeah like i remember there was one encounter where i think we were on the run through like a canyon or something who's in the mountains yeah, yeah. from yeah, the ram people there was a whole bunch of stuff going on and vin's wild magic was popping off and like <laughs> the jug was out there at some point and i just remember it being such a chaotic session but it was a ton of fun like there was just smoke everywhere vin like popped out of existence <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, that that made it hard for me because you all were trying to use the ever smoking bottle to escape, but you're running down a mountain. There's nowhere to escape to, so you <laughs> pop the bottle open and it's like let's just follow the smoke. That's the <laughs> item that yeah. he's never gonna give to us again. I, I um, will say I kind of low key, <laughs> I kind of low key felt bad for you, Moobs, because. I don't know if you realized it, but the last iteration of Falcon Sword was a reskinned Holy Avenger. And, and you probably yeah. picked up on it. And, and every time yeah. you said it, I felt so bad because I was like, man, like I, I, he says it all the time. I was like, but this is what this is going to be. So, yeah, it was one of the things that happened depending oh, on what that, happened again. Is it like a sword, uh, like a holy sword? It's like I a legendary it's... sword that I reworked Ooh. into oh. spirit again. I have to say, I really like the stupid items. Like, Holy Avenger, like, that's cool, but those are not the type of items I care for. I like, mm-hmm. I, but Valkan had the best, the best item and the best worst item. Because you had the <laughs> jug of, of tastes like random oh, beverage. Yeah. Liquid mm-hmm. That was stuff. so funny every time we used it and we kept forgetting about it for a while and then we'd remember and like share it with somebody and it was always like the weirdest thing i loved that yeah that was a i want more items like that if i'm being honest i i did have max gave me cool items but every time i used them max countered them you had bad luck (laughs) (laughs) like the freaking the tree that summoned to fight the vampire and and then when i broke the crystal from my um from my village elder, it got fucking banished. I'm like, oh god, why? <laughs> this see is you. You held on to it, waiting for the perfect moment. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, oh, you use it now. Oh, okay. there is and no perfect moment. That's the, the problem. Is I can't tell you, like, it's okay to use it now or don't use it now. Like, I can't do that. So, but the big fight was a vampire fight. I was like, okay, this is a big fight. I got. Yeah. I got. Don't worry, friends. I'm already thinking ahead. Okay. <laughs> and I have an idea for a character that's going to employ a lot of shenanigans. So, Uh-oh. I will say too, I there's shenanigans. there's an item, and I don't remember if you all bought it or not in the Curios and Antiquities. Um, but there was an item that was a folded paper frog, 
and you mentioned that every time you unfold it, it'll give you an, it'll send you a message. Um, I wrote out 200 different messages <gasps> that every, is- every time that you opened it, it would compliment you once a day. Oh, <laughs> I don't think, I don't remember if you guys bought it or not. I don't think no. we did not. Oh no. Uh, some, there was the screaming rock. There was some like one time use. We had the um, papers, right? Yeah, flying. with the paper birds. The paper, paper birds. Yeah, those were cool. That was mm-hmm. a good item. I mean, we we I made good a, use of those. I had a wand of pyrotechnics that, that I used a, a couple times. I was like, yeah. didn't we have something that made was like a sparkler Sparks. or something? Yeah. And I used that when we were trying to get away mm-hmm. um, in like the last fight. I and used it, it then. It did. And mm-hmm. I, I used it a couple times, but yeah, like that was one. Um, and I, I, I think I even had an item or two that I never used. Really? Yeah, I think so. And then Max happens, gave me though. a bunch of like special fave fun stuff. Um, and I don't even think I used one or two of those. Save it. Don't tell us that because that's for the that's for the <laughs> next one shot. Whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I want to ask a more serious question on here. Go for it. Because uh, I really like this question. Um, this was a, a question from uh, Zeus in your DMs. Question for each player in the DM. What do you think is the biggest point of personal growth you had from campaign one as a player slash DM? It's a really, it's a really hard one. Like, I feel like springing mm. that on people like last like short notice is Okay, you go fair. first. <laughs> oh boy. I haven't even thought about it. Um, I I know mine if you want me to go. Yeah, you go first. You go first. I need a minute. I think mine, uh, the biggest point of personal growth as sort of a dungeon master being in the moment and sort of helping along with a scene um, was with Gin and Valken in the cave. That scene. Um the really sort of heartfelt scene of them sort of meeting again um, after decades. I don't know. I, I feel like in sort of like my DM, like acting mode, I feel like I tried to pull out like all of the stops to make it like as heartfelt as I possibly could. And I, I don't think that they're in my mind. I can't think of uh, a moment in the campaign that I RP'd my ass off any harder than that one. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and piggyback off that because like up and up until that point, really, I played Valken as like a silly character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never really RP'd like this ever before, like, cause I've never played D and D before this. So, um, it, I think at that moment there was something like, I was like, I've, I'm really going to play this for like, I'm going to try my best to step into his shoes and like, what is that feeling he's feeling right now? Seeing somebody that he thought was gone forever. And like, so I, I tried my best. I'm definitely not an actor, but, um, I know like I mean, that was technically you are now well, <laughs> like it's happened. It's done too late. That was such something so different for me. Like I don't normally do that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think that was uh, to know that I 
am capable of doing something like that, I guess. So, yeah. I think yeah. for me, it was um, the moment. So, like, I always <clears throat> play sorcerers. They're my favorite. I like I like the pew-pews and I like the magic. Um but this is the first I play I've been playing D&D for like 7 years but I've never finished a campaign. They've always fizzled out every time. Like I think the highest I ever got was like maybe level 9, you know. And so the higher I got in levels, the more spells I got to see that I've never seen before. And um in the beginning I wouldn't say that I was mid-maxing, but I was like, what's the best spell? Like, I want the best ones. And at the end, when I was like level, I don't even know what we ended at, like 14 or something. 13, I, I was, believe, yeah. I was like, okay, well, what would Vin take? Not what's the best one. And so that was like the moment for me where like I was growing as a player because mm -hmm. I was caring more about the character than what's the best spell out of this list. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's that's when you when you hit it, you're like, OK, that was that's a really great point that you just made. I feel like for me, it's kind of the opposite. I learned never to multi-class and to maybe try a little harder to min-max. There were, <laughs> I, I built Bryn weird and I regretted it every every moment. Um, but no, more seriously, I think doing a live stream campaign and telling a story live where you don't have time to really like. I, I learned to listen better. I thought I listened better before and I still am not there yet. I want to be better. But learning to really listen to the other players as they're having their scenes and and let them have those scenes and like hear what they're saying about their character when they're acting out those scenes uh mm -hmm. if that makes sense i don't think i'm there yet like like i think that i've just like got the spark of understanding the importance of that and i think i'll continue to like try to get better at it through gaming too but i think that was like my biggest takeaway is something about doing it live made me have to really learn how to listen better yep what about you moobs uh, for me, it was more like a lesson learned type of situation of showing vulnerability for Ron. Ron is like strong and always has to put on a face and can't show vulnerability. Like, for example, when Ixius got captured and we failed to protect her, like there was a moment when Ron went under the ship and just like punched the wall. But I wish I shown more vulnerability than just like hitting the wall. And when we returned to Ron's village, mm -hmm. um, it was it was weird because when Ron was talking about his family and giving Ben the doll, like almost physically cried, and I was holding it back. But I was like, oh, I should just just gone for it. She just um, cried <laughs> because you know Ron's returning to his village. I like, got destroyed. His, his family is all killed. Everyone he knows and loves is gone. Like I wish I. Um, I wish that I just went more vulnerable and more emotional in, in those scenes uh, than we did live. Um, but that was like me as a player holding back and didn't want to. I was afraid to take that jump. So I think moving forward, if like those scenes occur that I would, I'm just going to go 
all in on mm-hmm. on the emotions. That's that's a really good. That I've, oh, sorry. That's a really good point because I, when you said that, like I immediately resonated with me of like with the Valken scene. Like I I probably could have just let the tears flow because it was that emotional. But for some weird reason, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that on camera. I don't want to do that during the show. Which is which is a it's like a I think it's a natural human response to just like not want to cry in front of people. But yeah, I think I, I totally agree with you. It's like she just you should have just done it. Should just let it go. <laughs> That's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah, I think it's a hard thing to yeah put yourself out there in that way because that's like um because it's really kind of a weird feeling to tr- to put yourself in in a character's position that fully. Yeah, when you're still like you're you you know you're acting. But at the same time, you're like, uh, am I going to look? Is this going to be weird if I do that? Like all that stuff's running through your mind. It's, it's like, I know that's how it is for me. I I played it emotionally, but I I probably, like I was starting to get a little teary-eyed, but I was like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay think, to cry, everybody. Yes, it's, it's it is okay. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think when you see other people do the do those scenes, like another show, like we know there's all a show that we all, most of us watch. When people have those really emotional scenes, you're, it's like a little bit cringy, but then you have to like question yourself, like, why do you think that's cringy? And it usually comes back to like your own insecurities of like not wanting to be vulnerable in front of other people. Mm-hmm. And but I think that that's how you do really powerful storytelling is by being vulnerable mm-hmm. openly. And it's a good thing. It's just really, really, it's like you said, it's not human nature. But I think that when you see people that you're like, well, that's like the best actor in the world or that's like the best entertainer in the world, you realize that those are the people that are willing to go above and beyond mm-hmm. over that line and be vulnerable. And I think... That's like the worst part of doing it live, I think, is it it's not just it's not just in front of the people in the room. It's not just in front of your friends. It's in front of anyone that wants to watch it yeah. or find the clips or watch the bot. And it's yeah. but it's like, but that's okay. Like it's okay to just do it. I don't know. I've done much worse think, on the internet. What? <laughs> Holy All right. All right. <laughs> um let's do another question because I'm getting emotional. Okay. Cry. Let's do a fun okay. one. What? Or fun, well, actually, this could be a sad. One. Now that I said that, this is gonna be a sad. One. What happens with Mimi? Or do we have to wait to find out? I this is an, a question that Mister Zeus yeah. asked as well. Uh, Zeus and your DMs asked. Having a great time at Ron's village, <laughs> eating everything in sight. She doesn't. She doesn't Ron goes to, fishing uh, with her. <laughs> doesn't have to hide anymore. She could be free. Eat whatever. Mm-hmm. No. I'm sure there's a lot of rodents Mimi can eat yeah if you get trainer to eat like the parts of the fish that you're not going to eat like the bones and the and the scales and stuff she'd probably be fine and she, she didn't seem to Mimi care what she well, I didn't really explain, <laughs> I didn't really explain <laughs> why Ron was teaching Mimi to be a fishing pole but it was essentially so Mimi can feed herself and catch her own fish interesting that's so cool yeah so i never explicitly said why i, I wanted her to be a fishing pole. i thought you just wanted a badass fishing pole that you could like <laughs> turn around and attack people with well she would never give me the fish once we caught it <laughs> like, that's true that's a good point i didn't even think of that that's amazing <laughs> um let's see what, yeah, what about ron's village though like 
do you think that um like does uh does brannis ever cut this is your question moves actually so i don't know i'm asking you this but does brannis come to visit ron's village um and then also there's a this is also says what happens to the adventuring guild and tustin so like like yeah can we talk about ron's village the adventuring guild yeah. tustin so maybe the school and maybe the, the bottles like what happens for all them the ron's village question is i mean that's up that's up to ron right because it's up to him to have to rebuild the village right and get people to come back and i think brannis you know brannis thinks that he's ron's best friend so I, it, <laughs> he would obviously go there and he'd probably hate he it yeah i mean there's he no uh it. five fine dining there's no inn right i think we talked about it on the last episode that like everyone except for Vin because she went home to be a princess um, you know like Ron and Bryn went back to help rebuild and maybe yeah. that dryad that was there that Ron could talk to the dryad and maybe help facilitate with like reviving the forest and because Ron had um, a was it plant growth spell and if you if you cast a spell every day for a year then it's like super awesome so i figured that's what ron would be doing yeah you'd have killer crops if you cast that spell like mm -hmm. you'd be solid what I about mean, what about the adventuring guild in tustin max that is entirely up to sweet justice because in the end based on what happened to that guild they were barely making it they were limping along and basically sweet justice were like the poster the poster party for that guild um just because after the aftermath of the trial right after quentin hannibal was taken out he was pretty much handling the day-to-day -day and taryn was pretty much retired so it's entirely up to sweet justice of whether they continue to support them or not because without that support they would they would probably be done and just fade off into obscurity I, and that in that case, I think, yeah, it probably would have faded. Like, Valcan went back to the school, Ron went back to the village, and then Brynn went back to the Babas. <laughs> yeah. After that final fight, we were all kind of... Mm -hmm. And not saying it has to be decided now. Like, we're, we're yeah, just, yeah. just spitballing here, but they the, the guild had fallen far enough, and maybe the notoriety of what Sweet Justice did was enough. You know, to bring it out, who knows? But it, it was dependent upon the them world. at that point. Like, mm -hmm. no biggie. Um, Balkan still has the deed. <laughs> <laughs> that mansion. So that is one thing that I will say that I wish you all would have explored more. Same I'm and, gonna and change. Yeah, me too. Because, and it's and because it, in my mind, um was if you use that deed and you hire some better call Saul shit lawyer, you know, to make it to where that deed's in your name, like as a DM, if you had done that, I'd have been like, cool, here's your brand new base. What do you want to do with it? I've been, I've been really wanting to do that. Cause we, we talked about it a lot. Yeah, we did. I was like, we need we to just didn't do anything. Really. We have a connection to the underworld who can forge documentation to make this happen. But I felt like there's like, too many events were happening where we didn't feel we could take ourselves away from the story to make mm -hmm. this little key. Yeah, and like, I don't... <sighs> there was a certain point where I don't know if we had a reliable way to contact Nearly. Because she kind of like... We... 
I don't remember what we did with her and I had sending. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we kind of part she didn't of like talking to me, but it worked. I don't know. Maybe. I, I'm I think Volcan just I thought she disappeared. scares to communicate with Nearly because he knew what was there or what could have been. <laughs> and he didn't want to face it. What, that she hated me? <laughs> no, she did not hate you. Uh, only only a fool would think that. How many times uh, did we try to ship Falcon? Right? Uh, at least Emma, three. three nearly, and then there's Kaiwin, right? Was that mm -hmm. her name? The owner the of... Belangery. Yeah, the Belangery. Um, there was Briefly with... Was it Anna? Mm -hmm. There was a brief moment of like he Who's was the Anna? only one that she was nice to. Who's that? The uh, tiefling, the tiefling young woman who oh, had was who had been in salon before. Yeah, she was like that. Y'all were hanging out with Balkan. Babas. I don't remember anything flirty happening. Uh, no, men. I don't think anything for you. It's just right? like Ron being like, ah, <laughs> ah. There were plenty of times where I was like, hmm, I could see that going somewhere. There's uh, Annalise DeMaya. She was a, a, a tiefling with like almost white skin. It was at the Bobbit's Cottage with you all. Yeah. We must have had a scene. She, uh, she left the lawn. That's why we wanted to talk to her. Mm hmm. Speaking of Salon, the Baron, not so scary. Not so scary no. after all. That was the biggest surprise for me. Kind I think. of incompetent. That was like, for the early part of the campaign, we're like, this guy is like, dangerous. And then we find out he's like a Branis type. Like, a in what way? Uh, he. Maybe he didn't have as much power as he liked to pretend like he did. Yeah, he had this, uh, almost seemed like he had an air of like, he's, we, like he had this self-importance, but he really wasn't that impressive sort of thing. I th I think it's, he wasn't as impressive next to his master, I think. But he, but I think leading up to that moment, we thought he was. And then when we realized it was like a real, like, oh. What moment? Maybe it was how you played him, but it ended. Mm -hmm. up, he ended up being like a, our punching bag, like for Where's like our end? yeah, for yeah. like our jabs at him. Like you know, I think we were all like kind of mad at him. Was really like, you tricked us? Fuck you, dude. Yeah, and, and that's I not your fault. Is the so idea? I'm intimidated yeah. by you for no reason or something. Well, like and I think at the end he was he was pretty broken. Yeah. Um, after yeah. what happened when when the battle over over again, like he was pretty broken about what happened and sort of in being in his shoes, the realization that everything he's been doing was pretty much almost a lie to him, and pretty much the the his master, the source of all of his power, um, was basically using him completely. And in that moment, didn't necessarily care if he lived or died. He just wanted to use the Baron for his own gain. And I is think that. Mm -hmm. oh, I was going to say, is that the arc that was the like the casino arc? No, 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 no. 
No, no, no. That was when we found. That was when we found Gin, and we were trying to protect him. Yeah. We protected Gin, and then the Archmage like was like, "Well, fuck you, Baron. I don't care," and like kind of left him to die. Do you remember, mm-hmm. like, we had? Um, oh, that's we, right. We like, persuaded him to like. We had that airship that came in. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay, I was confusing the Baron with somebody else who sent Baron. us to the island. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah, the other too, guy with with the Baron in that. You know the the archmage from Salon, uh, Archmage of Ross, like was his friend that he'd known for centuries at this point. Yeah. Because and was he using ad- him at this point. He adventured with him and Zavros's, you know, lover, um, who they were trying to bring back. So I, I think that put in that situation when the Doom Clock was happening, and um, essentially his patron was um, basically disowned him. And he's left with a ragtag bunch of adventurers and said, okay, get us into the salon. He's yeah. like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm a noble that I've always been a noble. I'm a baron. And now I have to rough it in, in, you know, the mountains and try and make up, you know, hackneyed plans to get through all this stuff. That was kind of my thinking from him. It must've been just the circumstance of we had fought so hard and yeah. uh Vin had gotten taken, so we suffered a defeat, and then this guy mm-hmm. was coming across as super useless. So we're just like I don't yeah. have any sympathy for you. Like <laughs> Yeah. Then we well, just I, Yeah. One of the questions kind of lines up with this is is um uh Zeus wanted to know if there was any backstory for a character that you didn't have time to dive into or had to drop for sake of story simplicity. And I'm curious. Does that apply to the Baron? And if not, then is there another character? But I like I get the vibe that there was more to the Baron that we maybe never learned. I mean, there's there's always more, right? Depending on how much you all dive in. And that's a hard question for me. Um I think there was much more to Risa, and we've already talked about this, of diving into her and what kind of makes her tick. Um, but but what you had seen of the Baron at the end there. You, you kind of got, um, you know, what he was about at that point. There's not much more you could have dove in into him unless unless it was in different circumstances. Um, because as far as like a like magic user, I mean, we all know now he was a warlock. The archmage was his patron. Um, she was a warlock of the undying, so that's what kept him alive over these centuries. Um, and he was very powerful in in his own right as far as combat is concerned um but when it came to sort of things outside of that dude's a noble almost always been a noble and he was an adventurer and we all know adventurers are pretty shitty <laughs> look adventurers at Brandis. Are shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you you saw the story of of when he became a noble whenever you all were in the play um when y'all were playing um Vos Creel and the rest yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the moment, I guess it, it came across a little bit different. We were frustrated in the moment because we had just been dealt some blows, you know? Yeah. Our characters had been through it. Yeah. And I, and I think that I don't want to say like that was by design, but I mean, I think that it's valid that you felt that way against the Baron because you all had fought, fought so hard only to, you know, have, have suffered a loss. I see a question on there that's in the while we're on the subject of salon people and stuff mm-hmm. uh, from village says 
Uh, is Ixtius just in the pocket room forever? Please say no. Please say no. I'm so uh-huh. upset about this question. Are <laughs> uh, we had plans to release them and stuff? Yeah, I thought that that was going to be our goal after the fight, yeah. like, was to find Ixius. Like, we just fast-forwarded. Oh, we did. And In my I, head, we did. I my thought heart, we did. We did. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think in, in that circumstance, no, it doesn't make sense for Ixius for them to be stuck in the pocket dimension because you essentially toppled the seat of power in Salon that would be the ones keeping them in a pocket dimension as their prisoners. So no, they're not. Like if the Archmage there. dies and they're the one that casts the spell to create the pocket should, dimension. They reunite with then... Hora. Ooh, I'd like to know that they reunite. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That'd be cute. Um, but but yeah, she's not gonna stay in there forever. And, and on to the to the next question that's related is there's absolutely survivors from Salon. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Zeus asked if I mean, there were any survivors. You and, all made it out. And there were... and it's a huge city. So I like that Zeus asked his questions if there were any survivors. And then Zeus also planned the one shot, basically <laughs> saying that all the survivors were turned into undead zombies. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had one more question from Zeus. Uh, what happened to Ophiar's apprentice? That was an interesting little side character NPC. Yeah, and, and I mean, in in those last moments, he's pretty much just going to make sure that, you know, because he's a servant to the Lich, essentially. So he's basically going to be tending to the Lich to the end, because at the end there, he's very concerned about his master turning, you know, over to basically be a servant of Orcus. So, but since that didn't happen... I'm sure him and Ophir are doing just fine. Learning, We're just learning. Chilling. Yeah. I have another NPC related question. This isn't on our list. I just was wondering, we had some viewer created NPCs show up in the campaign. And I wondered, Max, if there was like a favorite one of those or a favorite moment that one of those led to or something that like really stood out to you as being fun. Um, cause I think we all loved him and we want to see more of them in the future, but I'm just curious if you could talk about that a little bit from the DM side. Mushroom was interesting. The mushroom Button. was so good. Button. Yeah, I, I liked, I liked both of them. I don't, I don't, they're very different characters and I don't think it'll be fair to like, just try and pick a favorite just because I'm not just, there just saying two? that. Cause we didn't know. I don't think we as players knew exactly. Yeah. I think there was, there was two for this campaign, but yeah. I really liked Button as the shopkeeper and kind of giving you some interesting things, but I also like Durgash um, yeah. as someone to kind of help build out the lore of Gordek and like what's going on there. I have a follow-up question. Can we mm-hmm. as players pay for a Patreon and then suggest an NPC that we want to see in the game that we're also playing? in or big brain brain i I would like to see an npc that sells magical items the best magical items for dirt if you if you became a patreon of that tier then you could feel free to give someone else the ability to make an npc i could give someone else the ability okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right all right strongly suggest the one that you want to yeah Speaking of merchants, the guy that gave Vin the tattoo is pretty cool. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah, like that was cool. dope. I liked that. Dragon's not. It was a lot more stressful than I expected it to be. I kind of interested in learning more about his character too, because he kind mm-hmm. of opened up. There was kind of this. Uh, I know, me as a player, I wasn't really looking in on it, but I, I don't know if it was Bonner or somebody else. With the whole Valken not liking the undead and him being a Shatarkai, it was like, oh, the Raven Queen mm-hmm. or whatever. There's like a potential there for some more information or lore, I think. I am hoping that comes back up in Campaign 2 because like now that that's established in world, I'm like, we could see more of that. I want to say religion, but it's not really a religion. It's more like a way of life. <laughs> like whatever that is, I'm I'm hoping that we see more of it because that was really cool. I like I like learning more about the the shadow realm essentially. Yeah. Alternate plane stuff, I think, is always it seem whenever I've seen it, it seems always fun. Whether it's like the Fey or like the lower realms, it seems like whenever a player's party gets involved with that stuff there's crazy things that happen they're just super like entertaining mm-hmm. so maybe we'll who knows who knows what's in store for you all for campaign two <laughs> i th- what i think is going to be interesting is is you all have gotten to such a high level in the first campaign and then now in campaign two you're you're back Boo. to you're back to low <laughs> level babies <laughs> yeah Abby's is thirteen like pretty high for our campaign. It's highest I've ever had a campaign go. I don't know. I don't know what. I think I'm the general high. consensus I've heard from people that I know who are DMs or have played in campaigns is that once you start getting levels after that, you just start getting kind of ridiculous, and it's less fun in a way. But yeah, I'm not saying it couldn't be fun, but that's like the general consensus I've heard from people. Mm-hmm. I've never made it this high before. I've only ever made it to like maybe level 10 Same. before I, games like died. I think level 13 is like there's typically like four tiers of play. I think it's like tier three, like where you're really powerful. But like tier four is like when you're like levels 18, 19 and 20, where shit just gets insane. You're a god. Like when <laughs> yeah. you start getting your like final abilities and whatnot, that's mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And that's the thing is like when you're getting to like level 20 stuff, like you pretty much have to be fighting gods at that point, <laughs> right? <laughs> so We were close. We were close. Yeah. <laughs> I think if Orcus had come into the world, we might Y'all have been... needed to go kill some boars in the woods for a few levels to actually be able to defeat him. I mean, to, to, to not put it lightly, y'all, been, y'all would have been fucked if that would have happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that would not have been a good time for anyone. Yeah, because I mean... We're not on that level, and we didn't know anybody on that level. So, yeah, I think one Zeus, of the um, one of the only saving graces would have been that that he didn't have his wand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Zeus made a good point of like that the party has enough tools available to them that the methods by which you can provide the players fun narrows considerably. So it doesn't mean um it doesn't mean that it can't happen but it's just harder for the dm to challenge them in ways that are fun so that that makes a lot of uh, sense yeah, to me you just have more things to counter whatever the dm throws at you sort of thing yeah yeah i mean when you have access to like wish like <laughs> what do you do i think the second anyone gets access to wish it's like well the game's over then like yeah. what are we even doing here yeah not that i don't want it <laughs> wish for a holy avenger yeah 
<laughs> I wish for some fresh honey cake. Mm-hmm. Actually, our characters with wish would probably be comical at best. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Probably so. I think we've hit most of the questions. Yeah, I think we've in, got them on the document. Is there any questions in chat that you all want to ask yeah. before before we Fire call away. it a call it a night? Any any burning I questions? I don't want to stop talking about D and D though. <laughs> yeah, I want to play. I'm ready for. It's not next week. It's week after, right? April twenty yeah. first. I cannot wait. Are we allowed to give any teasers? Or spoilers or no. how much do people know? Hints? Nothing. Yeah, what do people know? What do the viewers know? Nothing. Well, you're not gonna tell except, them anything. Except for the teaser video that Moobs is editing and is gonna release. <gasps> I was editing Ooh. it right before we went live. So stay tuned and follow the socials if you're not for yes. some reason, because that will oh. the teasers will be coming out soon. All right, you know so hit me up, man. We'll we'll talk about stuff. There are <laughs> teasers out there, Bun. Your drawing streams. Art streams. There are mm-hmm. char- the character art is out there. I have drawn three of the characters are basically like announced. Mm-hmm. If you are watching the art streams, and the next one will be happening next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see the fourth see character, maybe the fourth and, and fifth, depending <laughs> on how fast I can draw. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And we're going to be releasing uh, little bios uh, over on Twitter yes. for casters. Mm-hmm. So definitely be following the socials because we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, also, feel free to rewrite my bio if you have um, fancier language that oh, you want to use. It was really good. Yeah, moves. You were like, give us, give us bios of your characters, and I'm like, I'm not a writer. Everyone did a great job, but me. Fantastic. No, no yours is great. Yours no, is, is really good. I'm so excited. I love great. all the characters for season two so far, and I can't wait to like officially meet them. You know, mm-hmm. like at the table, so to speak. I'm, I'm to really play excited. With accents. Hey, welcome, Village. Yeah. Work on your accents. Well, since Village is here, we had one last question from Village, and the answer to this may be no answer. Uh, she had asked previously, does Risa live happily ever after? Will she ever learn how sending works? But I think it's okay to like, we, we village, you missed it. We've talked about maybe there's going to be some charity one shots in the future. Maybe these characters get revisited. So Max may not want to say, but I'll leave it up to him. I mean, I, you know, who's who, who are we to decide how your and Risa's relationship goes? Mm. So go, go and write the fan fiction. Wait, are you dating Risa? Your Lissa. I'm not. Your Lissa. Your Lissa. will not be dating anyone because she does not see that as being compatible with her chosen life path of becoming a Baba. Mm-hmm. Ron is going to date anyone. It's Finn's mother. So, <laughs> so he can be your dad. Daddy? Ron be Officially been Daddy. Oh man. Listen, I'm gonna be your rebellious That's the fan fiction I want. stepdaughter that dates Brainus. So <laughs> I'm gonna like, you, you're not my dad. I'm gonna date whatever I want. Already protesting. <laughs> that's, that's weird. Yeah, weird. Well, it's getting weird. Um that's also the weird thing with everybody's races because everybody's timelines like with their ages are vast like the further the campaign were to go on the more awkward and weird things would be 
Mm-hmm. Like I would, Britain would die before everyone else by by far. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think about. Unless she becomes like full hag. I don't know. Who knows what the Bobas get up to? So Zeus has a good question. And I think we'll make we'll make this one our our last question for the night. I think Close it's interesting. I have, more after, I have one more after this. Second to last question of the night. Then. <sighs> so with the Queen of Air and Darkness return to her sister Titania's side. What happens to the Celian and Celi courts? Ooh. So what's the one thing that was Ooh. not explored since the, the Feywild arc um, didn't sort of get pushed to the forefront is that with the Queen of Air and Darkness um, was basically trapped inside of the Black Diamond and creating those shards into the world was it trying to gain power whereas Vin was one of those shards was her basically last ditch effort of escaping. And there's still an, a Sealy and an Unsealy court. It's that they're now back in balance because there were incursions in the Feywild where the Unsealy court were basically directly assaulting the rest of the Feywild, trying to basically take it over. So I think with that, the sort of balance has been restored. Which is what I would say. Watch a little bit of in uh, Ron's little Feywild adventure. Oh my god, I still haven't watched that because it still felt like it was like I can finally watch it guilt free. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. All right. Okay. What's your last your last last question, Bun? Last you're, last question. You're gonna be so mad about this, Max. Um <laughs> Aeon wants to know. Aeon Six asked, How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know, but your characters might. So I think everyone should answer um in character as their character. Yeah. Ron doesn't know what Tootsie Pop is. Uh, Brain thinks you should, uh, if it's taking you more licks than one or two, you should take the Tootsie Pop and uh, take a hammer or preferably axe and just give a good smash and uh, problem solved. Mm, I don't have time for this. Brannis, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? (laughs) I'm just already delegating! (laughs) A perfect marriage. Uh, Brannis, answer. Well, I'm not entirely sure how many licks it would take. I'm sure that I could pay someone to do it. To find out for me. You could pay me to do it. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. All right. Very good. Well Thank done, you everyone. all so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, I hope that yes, you had some much-needed insight into the campaign <laughs> and answered your questions, but... Um, well, that is the end for tonight. That is not the end of Caches and Cantrips because on April 21st, just two weeks from now, will be Campaign 2's premiere. April 21st, April 21st, April 21st, April yes. 21st. What was that date again? April 21st. 6 p.m. <laughs> Pacific. It'll be all of us as well as Nina joining in the fall. Oh, I'm so excited for, for Nina first to join. episode of Campaign 2. Don't miss it. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but with that, hope you all have a fantastic evening. Do donuts, not drugs, and we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you. We wouldn't be here without you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.